Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. We are so glad to have you here today because we're going to be talking about using event coverage to power your strategic PR brands. And you know, every Friday we're here for you talking about your most significant PR challenges as part of our brand protection. So Sarah, let's just jump right in today. Right. Well, and first we have to say Jordan has a well-earned day off. So uh, we, we, it's just the two of us today. It's just a girl chat. So that'll be fun. So today's conversation is broken down as we always do into mini conversations. First, you're going to learn how to define your strategic coverage goals using the insider media relations event coverage planner. So if you, oh man, I get you this. Got it. There, there we are. Um, go to our blog on our website, mnccommunications.com, and you'll find that sheet to download. And so you can follow through and you can use that. Uh, and we're going to walk through how to use that and define your strategic coverage goals. Then we're going to teach you how to make an irresistible media pitch with an angle that's going to grab the media's attention. And this, I think we are um, really, really good at. So I'm excited to go through that. And finally, we're going to give you a couple of real life examples of how we have moved the stairs for our clients to use media coverage, event media coverage, to power their PR goals. And we're going to get into what that means. So by the end of this episode, you're going to be able to draft and execute a successful PR event goal plan, a coverage plan that drives your goals so that you can take a, an event of any scale and power, use it to power your PR goals. So I'm really excited to get into this one today. And what I really like about um, Sarah put this together, and this is there's great content in here. This is not an easy. These are not things that are easy to pitch. So these right. are not incredibly visual. They're not when when you first hear the idea, you're thinking, "How the heck am I going to pitch this and get media coverage?" Right. That's what we're going to talk about today. How do you turn that into an ir irresistible media pitch? So I'm very excited. So if you're joining us live. Um, please jump into the conversation and send us your comments, your questions. We'll take them right away. Um, if you are joining us later, either on Facebook, you're watching this, or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can either post your questions or you can send them to us by email because um, we can't wait to answer them. We'd love to do that. And always remember about the downloadable sheet that Sarah talked about. You can click over to MNC Communications in our blog section and you can download it from there. We'd love to hear from you. So we're very excited to get started. And as usual, we always start with what the heck is Move the Stairs? And Move the Stairs is a philosophy. It's a philosophy about whatever life gives you. You look at it within the parameters. You don't whine about if only if I had this. Oh, if we could change this. No. It's like MacGyver. Do you remember it, the old MacGyver TV? Like Exactly. Take what you have and be as creative as possible. Most people won't do that. 
And if you really think about it, you're going to be able to figure out how to really make the most of whatever situation you have and stand up above your competition, get the coverage that you want, or hit the goal, the PR goal that you're trying to, to hit. So we try to move the stairs with every client, with every situation. And I know that personally, I try to move the stairs in my personal life as well. You just have to make it happen. So that's our goal. Well, and we're all kind of moving the stairs lately. So um, I think that's just a, a great philosophy. Okay, <laughs> we're moving the COVID stairs. <laughs> I am moving so many stairs. So um, let's jump into events. So Diane, you mentioned this just a second ago. Like when we think events, um, it is super fabulously easy to get coverage on an event if some fabulous celebrity is going to be there. Or if how about we, we did the implosion of a building. Okay. An implosion, as we said in news, it's Sunday. So it's another implosion. Like, you know, media love a good implosion. Everybody's going to show up for an implosion. Yeah. But, but the, mood, the stairs part is being ready in, in case something goes wrong with the implosion. How are you right. going to be ready for that? Right. Right. So right, we know how to get coverage on a great, visual, interesting, amazing event. How do you get coverage on an event that is maybe not so visual? Maybe doesn't seem very interesting from the from the outset. So um, and how does that how does event coverage overlap with brand protection and filling the trust bucket? So, Diane, I want you to talk about the trust bucket because we mentioned this and the people may have heard that or they may not have. So filling your trust bucket means that you're engendering goodwill basically among your customers, among your clients. You are showing them who you are so that when something goes wrong, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt versus judgment. That's the bottom line here. And when you talk about brand protection, having done things already that help people understand who you are, what you stand for, why they care about you, because we know that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. You've already gotten to that point where they know, like, and trust you. Or if they don't know you, the minute they go to your website, to your social media, it's very clear who you are. And Or they Google your name and they see what kind of quotes you have and what kind of releases you put out. They know, they get a sense for what you care about and that it's not just all about the money. Um, and, and I think that's really important. So filling the trust bucket means doing all those things. And one of those things can be events that can be a huge part of that strategy. Well, yeah, I think that's, that's just really critical. And this is something that we do at MNC, I think do really, really well, maybe better than better than most. So if you have got the insider media relations event coverage planner, the first question on here is what and by the way, this is what we use when we uh, when client calls and says, hey, I have this uh, event, something happening. And we go, OK, great. Let's start right here at the beginning. And the beginning is what's the home run outlet? So Absolutely. let's talk about what a home run outlet is. Um, and we you know, we have these sort of inside baseball uh, to, to, to coin a phrase, um, you know, terms all the time. But the home run outlet is you know, what is going to make our client feel like you bet you guys did a bang up job. You knocked it out of the park. That is exactly where I wanted coverage. And, you know, clients are going to tell you like, I want coverage on such and so TV station, or it might be, I need to see coverage in this niche publication that does a morning blog that pops into my email at 5.30 when I'm still in bed and checking stuff on my phone. We have had both of those situations. Absolutely. I also think it could be, okay, MNC, where do I need coverage so I attain this goal, so I get yeah. this many people to sign up for whatever it is or to come to this event or to do this thing? And they'll ask us what the home run is. But I think whenever you're um, you're doing any type of PR that you need to understand whoever you're working for has something in their head, has a place in their head where if they see that it could be a trade publication. I mean, if you're doing thought leadership, it could be a number of hits on LinkedIn. What is that specific place that's really going to make them feel like what you did mattered, what you did made a difference that may be different from your home run outlet 
as the person who is doing the PR, but you must always make sure you take care of the person who you're actually working for or the, or the client that you're working for so that they really feel that what you're doing matters. And that's why we always think, what's the home run outlet? And then the second part of that is, is that our home run outlet to get mm -hmm. to whatever the objective is that we're trying to reach? Right. And the first thing that you do when you're, you know, laying down these goals. So you've got your home run outlet, you've thought about your target audiences uh, and why, and then you're going to develop smart goals, which of course are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. So I want X number of media mentions in the Denver Metro, uh, you know, media market. I want um, one to three mentions in these uh, targeted niche publications that reach really specific uh, target audiences whatever. And so we map this all out in uh, our event coverage plan to make sure that we are, that we have a really clear picture of what we're trying to achieve. And this is where we start thinking about what is the irresistible pitch? What is the pitch for each of these specific media outlets? Maybe it's specific media members right. um, that's going to make them super interested in covering this particular event. And this is where I will, Jordan's not here today, but I will give him lots of credit. So he's done a lot of work lately because he's a big sports guy, way bigger than you and I. Um, and he also does um, sports betting online, which is awesome. Right. Because of course, that's one of the things, one of the projects we've been working on lately. So Jordan has spent a, a, a good deal of time and been really, really successful at putting together um, and getting to know all of the sports book writers. So there are sports book podcasts. Maybe you didn't know this. There are sports book, uh, you know, publications. There are online blog uh, sites. There are, um, you know, sports. LinkedIn lives on this specific topic. LinkedIn. I mean, in which that surprised me, but it, well, there are LinkedIn lives on this specific topic and as well as Facebook lives on this specific topic and people who talk about this stuff all the time. Um, and I think what's interesting is whether you're talking about gambling um, or whether you're talking about um, animal rescue. Uh, the, the point is that there are target audiences and they have certain things that they really care about. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that's really important in making that irresistible pitch is as you define your different target audiences. So let's say it's MNC. So we have people who are building new CBD businesses. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a much different, um, they're going to have much different questions and a much different push than a marketing executive who is in an established CBD company where we're enhancing and augmenting what they're doing by looking at trust bucket and thought leadership issues while the, the person who's just starting out and starting their new company, they're going to be much more interested in acquiring customers. Doesn't mean that either one of those um, situations are exclusive of the other but the priority and the focus is different. And so when you understand that audience, um, th that segmented audience really well, you're going to think about who am I really talking to here and how do I want to reach out to them? And then what media, what medium makes the most sense and what media is talking about that and mm -hmm. what reporter actually cares about that part of the story. And so well, that, where you, you figure out who it is that you're really going to, to hone in on and how you're going to craft that pitch. And, you know, for another real life example, we have a, a client who is opening up a um, big hotel with a spa and they have um, gambling attached, different components of gambling. And so there's, you know, probably five, four or five different targeted segments of the media. Right. And, and added to that, the rest new restaurants that they have too. That's a oh, whole new restaurants, restaurant. right? Plus the whole business yep. message. Right. So we have no joke, um, people that we interact with and outreach to that are very specific. So we know, oh, you know, we're talking about hiring. So this is a business message. So we're going to target, 
you know, this particular media or this particular reporter. Actually, now we're talking about this fantastic man, their new executive chef is so cool and he's awesome. Um, so we're going to reach out to our dining and our food and our um, entertainment uh, media friends and make sure that they get access to that kind of thing. And then obviously, as I said a minute ago, they've got a sports book. And so, you know, we reach out to these very specific niche sports book uh, publications and that's all for one client. Right. I mean, we're talking, you know, five to six audiences for one specific client. Absolutely. And I think that that's really important that you understand and you separate out who those audiences are and the conversations that you have prioritize their issues. Remember, it's all about them. Mm -hmm. Because if you want the media to cover you, you need to give them what they're looking for, because otherwise they'll go somewhere else. And you don't want to waste their time. Because as we talked about in so many of these issues, their lives are driven by the clock. So to be on... Now, I will also say many times I'll start with what I think is where they're going and they may veer off in another direction. Well, I'm ready to go there. And if they say, you know, I like that, but I really want this, then I am all over this. I am all over where they want to go because I can always get the rest of my uh, message points in if I can just make sure that I am staying with them. And that's really, really huge is to be flexible. That's really what we call moving the stairs. Be flexible with the media. If they go off on a whole different tangent, I'm going to help them out any way I can, but I'm going to bring them back. So understanding, again, your home run publication based on first, the person who's writing the check. What really matters to them? The second thing is think about the real home run that you need in order to show that you are getting to whatever objective that is whether it's getting people to Facebook, whether it's getting people to sign up for something, whether it's getting people to buy tickets, the home run outlet from the person, the perceived home run outlet from the person who's in charge may be different from your home run outlet, and that's okay. You just need to understand that you need to go after both of them and make sure that you figure out now what both of those, choose your reporter and figure out what that reporter really needs and cares about. Is there something that they've written about recently? That's really, really important. If they've written about it recently and you can kind of say, this would be a great way to add. I love this article that you did, but this is a great way to add to it and take it to the next level. You're going to do really, really well. So I think that's really important. So we've just covered defining your strategic event coverage goals. Okay. And that is who's your target audience? Of course, you know what you want to say, but how are you going to prioritize that message in a way that's going to bring the media in. And that's where you're using that insider media relations event coverage planner. You're going to really think about what does that reporter care about? That's really, really, really important. So now we're going to move on to making that irresistible media pitch. And hopefully Sarah's going to come back. But if she doesn't, we'll just go on here. Um, you know how technology works and we're just going to roll with it. So I want you to remember that we've included that downloadable one sheet with actionable strategies to get ultra specific PR coverage that your client wants, as well as the PR coverage that you need so that you can reach your objectives that you've all agreed to. So um, I want you to make sure that your goals are smart. We talked about that smart goals always that align with your client expectations and if you have a baseline, so if you have last year's event, last year's um, project that you can go back to and pull those numbers, that's really going to help you show success, especially if now you're really fine tuning who you're going to talk to and what kind of um, what those measurable goals are. Um, and are you hitting the right audiences? And so your numbers may go up. But sometimes it's not just a numbers game. Remember, it's about getting the outcomes that you need. And if one of the outcomes is hitting a specific outlet because your client cares about that outlet, then I want you to always put that first. Always. Okay. So um, some of our biggest successes have come through working with a marketing director um, who now who really gets PR marketing. Um, and we work together to build brand protection brand protection. So she'll come to us and say, I've got a hiring event coming up. Okay. 
if I went and just pitched a hiring event, probably I'm going to have a really hard time with that. I need to find an angle, just like the reporters need to find an angle. So what is going on in the world? What can we do that's unique? So the first thing I'm always going to do is I'm going to be very cognizant of what the news of the day is or the news of the month. Is there something that I can pull where I can use that as my lead? Just as a reporter, this is Insider Media Relations 101. Just as a reporter is going to use that for their lead, you're going to use that for your lead in drafting the press release and making the pitch. Two is if I don't have anything on hiring, so I'm trying to figure out what else I can do, I'm going to say, can I come come up with a specific event that's very visual? Where are people going to be? What's going to be something that's really, really different? That's really important. Or three, I'm going to come up with something that's unique where I can really involve people who can involve their communities. That's three. So a social media takeover would make sense for that. Um, and four, uh, I'm going to look at opportunities that I can do consistently so I can start helping to build the audience around whatever the event is going to be. Um, so when I'm looking at social media, I'm going to have certain days that are going to be themed where you know consistently you're going to get a specific day. So we do a thing called Forecast Friday for one of our uh, our clients. They, they're in a place where it's much cooler than the audience that we're trying to out, outreach to. Um, they're in a mountainous area. It's beautiful. It's a fairly quick drive, about 45 minutes away from, from where the main target audience is. So it's kind of an escape. So I might do a forecast Friday where this is what it's going to be like this weekend. If you want to come up, here's what it's going to be like. And, and we're also in that situation able to use Jordan's meteorological background and, and make the most of that, which is fantastic. So um, let's talk about the first one where we're talking about uh, looking at news of the day. So one of our clients needs to hire hundreds of people and they're going to have a hiring fair. Turns out that they're in a county, um, actually the county that was most impacted economically by COVID. I now have a lead to my press release. Here is someone, here's a, a county who, from an economic standpoint, desperately needs to uh, rebuild after COVID. And my client's business happens to be in that county and they're having a hiring fair. Plus, I can also go to the fact that so many people have been laid off. And in many of the industries that they've been laid off in, these are the same type of jobs that are available in at this location. So there's another tie-in, which is really interesting. And then for those people who have been laid off, probably one of the things that they are more concerned about is it's a 45-minute drive. Well, there happens to be a bus that's available. So that's going to be in my message point. So I'm going to think about what are the reasons people would say, ooh, this might not be a good story, or maybe I don't even want to apply for this job. Then I'm looking at the media there, and I'm looking at the public there, and I'm trying to answer those um, issues before uh, I even write the press release. Sarah, we're, Sarah's back, and I'm thrilled to see you there. We're into talking about the irresistible media pitch. I'm so glad you could keep this going. You've been moving the stairs for this 10 minutes while I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I have no idea what happened. None. So we're talking uh, We're talking about um, our biggest successes, and we're talking about the hiring fair. And the first thing I talked about was to find and use news of the day for yeah. your pitch and how important that is. With, a, with this hiring fair and with what I just went through with news of the day where the, the county was economically depressed, yeah. in fact, more, it impacted more than any other county uh, in, in the nation as far as COVID. The number of people who are out of work and out of work, but luckily, not luckily enough for us, but it worked well for us in the fact that they were the same types of jobs that were in, mm -hmm. um, in this town. And the fact that we thought about what are those issues that would lead somebody to say either, A, I don't want to cover this, um, maybe because it's too far away and people don't really want to go there, um, or 
Um, B, I'm not sure that this is a good fit. I'm going to have all of those things and think about all those things before I write the release. And I'm going to make sure that I answer as much of that negative pushback as possible. So Sarah, why don't you go into talking about um, the second thing that we do, which is we come up with a very visual event that they just, they have to come cover because it's going to look so good. And we try to, and how we try to time that event. For sure. Can I, and forgive me uh, coming into this, have we talked about the butterfly pop-up? That's exactly what I want you to go for. Oh, good. I'm, I'm with you. I'm back, right. back at it, baby. <laughs> okay. So hiring is now, like you just said, um, you know, that was a great message when, um, you know, there were lots of people looking for jobs and, you know, so it was kind of that like interesting quirk, a slightly different message. But a year ago, I mean, you couldn't hire people for love nor money. There just weren't, you know, enough people. And so we had to be really, really creative. And one of the, um, one of our uh, favorite things about working with this particular marketing director is that she gets visual, interesting things. And so um, she put together a project where we did a butterfly pop-up. So actual live butterflies um, in a, movable tent so that you could actually step into this tent and physically interact with live butterflies and talk to a butterfly expert. And it's some like 37 syllable name. It's not ornithologist because that's birds, but it was something else and talk to them about butterflies. Well, the butterfly is the logo, right? The, um, the kind of the, the face, the character for this particular company. And so we could drive a hiring message through butterflies and say, you know, look, you can come experience this butterfly pop-up at the major league game, um, at the, at the baseball park, and your kids can step in there and you can learn about all of the amazing positions that are available uh, at this growing company that is hiring people. And boy, I'll tell you what, that worked a treat it for getting coverage. I loved about that was we were able to partner with an organization that, um, that um, really supports the whole butterfly movement. Yeah. Um, an organization that is well thought of in this market and um, is a magnet for media. So you have the visual, mm-hmm. you have the goodwill of working with the organization. It was the a nonprofit. Right. It was a nonprofit. We were able to put them in the release as well. We were able to work in partnership with them. Now, all of a sudden, this hiring event is kind of a really cool thing because, um, and especially, again, as I want to reiterate um, Sarah's point, this is at a time when you couldn't find people to work. It was before COVID when the economy was booming and unemployment was in the very low single digits and it was so hard. So to get media coverage on something that, um, you know, are they, are they going to really be interested in, you know, the fact that, that, that this, uh, this organization needs to hire people? No. Um, But are they interested in the fact that, Oh, look at the butterflies. And this is a cool thing. And of course we tried to do it on a weekend because that makes more sense on a weekend. Um, and you could, they could cover it with just a photographer, whether it was print or broadcast makes it very easy. Um, so we, we put all of those things together and we had great success. So that was great. We um, also shot our own video, which of course, right. I mean, you know, Always. easy to do, but I'll tell you what, we have tremendous success doing that because You know, if you shoot great looking video and then you package that up and distribute it, you know, somebody might grab that uh, and and um, and use it. Even a good weather shot. But the fact that you're going to get your information out, because why was the butterfly pop up there? That I mean, that's journalism 101. So that's where that insider media relations, knowing how they think, Mm -hmm. um, knowing how the journalists think, knowing how to pique their interest. Um, being very ethical while you're doing it and having, um, having an altruistic reason as well that um, in this situation, the butterfly, butterfly program got some great perks and benefits and PR out of it. So it's a win-win all the way around. And that's what you always want to do. If you can do a win-win event, you have a much better chance of getting coverage. Yeah. So, so we talked about, you know, first looking at news of the day, 
Second, partnering, partnering with your group and coming up with a very visual event and choosing the day. That's really important. The day of the week that you're going to do it is going to matter what else is going on that day. Um, and we knew Saturdays are usually pretty slow, especially at the time we were doing this. And then thirdly, looking for opportunities to bring other people in, in your community. So Sarah, do you want to talk about the, the next one, that the next point that we have? Yeah. So this um, same company, again, trying to hire, um, really struggling to hire, did a wonderful event um, where, you know, would you, have you ever thought about being a table games dealer? You know, great job. Interesting. You get to interact with people. It's kind of fun. You're playing uh, games for a living. And so they were trying to hire a whole bunch of table games dealers and they um, did a, a, a free training. So if you come to this training and you pass the class and get, uh, and then, you know, pass the, um, the background check, you're guaranteed a job. Well, how much fun was that visually? So we invited reporters up and said, come on, we'll, we'll put you into dealer training for a day. Exactly. And right. And so, you know what everybody asked? First thing, they were like, can you teach me how to shuffle the cards? You know how they go, yeah. like it's every other card. That was the A number one question. We were like, absolutely. So that, you know, that was leveraging a visual, interesting um, angle at a time when unemployment was very, very low. And again, you couldn't hire for love nor money, but boy, a lot of coverage on that. And a lot of people went through the, the training and a lot of people got hired, which was wonderful. And I do think... It's always a great idea to give the reporters something fun to do. Oh, something yeah. they're going to want to do. Someplace they're going to want to go. Something that other people aren't going to get to do that they get to experience and then they get to talk about. Oh, my gosh. It is a home run every time you can come up with an idea like that. It makes a huge difference in the number of people. And I think what's really funny is if you can get them to say, man, I wish I was doing this instead of being a reporter, you know, you've got it. You know, you did it. You know what happened. And, and we had just about every reporter who came up say that oh, this would be so much fun. Well, now I know exactly what the tone of the article is going to be. Yeah. And that's huge. So you always want to take extreme care of any reporters that come up, try to give them what they need. If they ask for something that, um, Maybe you're not real comfortable with either redirect them, but whatever you do, you're going to do it in the kind, kindest, kindness. How am I saying it? Kindest. 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 God, I couldn't get that out. <laughs> well, here's an example. You, you guys might recognize this ring of mine because my hands are in every single uh, story about table games that we have taped up at this particular client because some people don't want to be, you know, on camera in a casino. And so what you will see on darn near every single <laughs> bit of B-roll is like, Oh, that's Sarah. I, I recognize that ring, yep. but you know, yep. but I, I go up and I make sure that I'm available and that I have people who can sit in so that they can have, you know, lots of people and close-ups at the, at the table. So I think that's great. So that's a, you know, that's another way of coming up with an event that's going to really spark their interest. Now, the next thing we want to talk about is when you have a group of people um, that are associated with your client who you can involve in an event so that they start to involve their communities and you have an automatic outreach there. And then when you talk to the media, you can say, we have this number of people who are already involved in this. Sarah, you want to go through that a little bit? Well, this is one where we organized a um, an all-day, and we've talked about this on Move the Stairs, uh, an all-day social media takeover for Lung Cancer Foundation of America. And I will tell you that um, the challenge for this, because A, it was a fundraiser, and B, it was a... Um, you know, it was for a uh, an advocacy organization. And we have gotten pushback from national healthcare reporters who just said, I'm not going to cover that. Okay. They were very clear about it. Like they'll cover research and they'll cover new breakthroughs and things like that, but they're very hard news focused. They're not going to cover a, um, you know, a, a fundraising event for a particular uh, foundation. And um, the way we got around that, I was so tickled this year because one of the people involved in this event was showcasing her family's wild and crazy fantasy football party that they do every year. She and her kids and, you know, friends and family 
do this big wild football party. Well, this year they couldn't do it because of COVID. So we helped her pitch this and she landed an interview on sports, on the sports channel. Right. Right. The sports section of the local news, because she was like, you know, football really needs to resolve the COVID thing so that they can. This was before they came back to play. So because there are people out here, we're sitting at home. We can't have people over for our fantasy football party. But football is how I keep my mind off of lung cancer. It's how I um, live with lung cancer with joy and, and you know, excitement and um, look and gives me something to look forward to. So we landed coverage of a healthcare focused social media takeover fundraiser on the sports section of the local news, showcasing her family's wild and crazy fantasy football party. So again, she, what we're looking for in different markets at that point is, and this is actually across the country at that point, what's going to happen with football was one of the biggest questions out there. Mm -hmm. And since we had this, we were able to use it. So you want to think as creatively and out of the box and move the stairs as much as you possibly can when you're coming up with an, with an event. The other thing is that we know that if you do some um, pre publicity on something that you're going to do and you can gain some significant traction on it where you can pitch the reporter and say, look at these, all these people who are already involved in this mm -hmm. um, and how much impact this is already having at that point that does, that does pick their interest, right? Sarah, I mean, they've told you that. Absolutely. Cause if you can say, well, gosh, you know, we've got 10,000 followers on Facebook and we have, you know, 2,500 of them have committed to showing up to this social media event. Um, you know, now the, the, the local channels are going, well, sure, that's a great built-in audience for, for um, you know, this story, because absolutely we're going to share that story. Uh, there was another thing where uh, another member is a huge uh, KU Jayhawk, right. and she invited the um, broadcast director from um, KU into her conversation about lung cancer. And again, it was like, you know, living with lung cancer for me means um, being able to go to the Kansas Jayhawks uh, games, basketball games. And my kids, I think three of her four kids go to University of Kansas. Right. And so she knew the broadcast director. So we brought him into the social media takeover and he shared that with his network. We shared the interview with our network. So that was just a win-win all the way around. You're using Absolutely. those built-in networks, those built-in audiences to advance this message. And it was just a great message. You know, this is what living with lung cancer looks like. And so because he has such um, impact in the media community, they love him. We can now use that to take the story to the next level. Um, you know, the, the health reporters don't care about the specific weeks, the healthcare weeks or the healthcare no. months. They don't care about that. They don't want to hear that. You have to have a unique angle and something that right now being COVID related is huge. I mean, yeah. we are really thinking about everything we do because that's what the reporters are covering. And they've basically told us that's what we have to cover. So anything that we have, we got to figure out that COVID angle because the reality is that's what the reporters are required to do. And as an event, as getting PR, as, as planning an event, you have to figure out what is it that they're covering right now and kind of morph into being able to say, I know this is what you're doing. I got something great that will that that you're going to love to do, and that's really going to help you out. Here's the great story idea, and that remember they have to pitch the stories. So not only are you pitching them, you may even get through to them. But if they don't have a good enough pitch for their editors, you're not going to have any luck whatsoever because the story is going to just get trashed. And you will have worked with this building this relationship and all of that. You got to give them. You have to think through it because that's exactly what they're thinking when they're talking to you is how can I pitch this story so that I get the green light on the story as well. Well, um, and that's that insider media relations that, that we specialize in understanding how the media, how the media think in general, but then also understanding what they're facing day to day right now right? Uh, and being able to, to provide something that's useful, that's new, that's interesting, that'll grab their attention. But the other thing that we do is, um, sometimes it's not necessarily a media pitch. It's a social media pitch. Right. Um, Jordan is a meteorologist 
And he puts together Forecast Friday for one of our municipal clients. So they're about an hour away. So they have, and they're in a um, canyon up in the mountains. And so they have very different variable weather. And, um, but the meteorologists in the Denver metro area love to say, hey, you know, right nearby in this town, the weather is such and so. And so Jordan puts together Forecast Friday. You know, hey, are you headed up this weekend? Here's what you're going to, here's the weather, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or you should head up, get the heck out of the heat. Yeah, if it's 101 degrees in Denver, it's going to be 82 and perfect. And he tweets that to those meteorologists. Well, talk about a built-in audience. Um, You know, most of the main meteorologists, main anchors here in uh, the Denver metro area have 8, 10, 15,000 followers. You know, if they're saying, oh, my gosh, that's great. Boy, you can cool off in, you know, such and so town this weekend. Bada bing. That's a win. It's social media coverage, right? Not media coverage. The other thing that we do. And I want to add one other thing. Mm -hmm. The, The meteorologists choose which cities to highlight when they're talking, when they're standing in front of that map every day. They're looking at it and they're they're thinking, which one am I going to go to next? If they've just tweeted about a city that you are representing, they're going to call out your city. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you through research and show you that we have a city that we represent who was not getting called out at all, at all. And if you watch every station at this point, it is one of the main cities that's called out on a daily basis. So um, much so that we have created a bucket of analytics just to capture the number of weather mentions of this city. It's just being top of mind so that we were, I talked to Sarah before you were here, I was talking about how we theme some of these days so that it's consistent. And that's the key is that you're consistently doing this stuff, but it's not hard because you have to do your social media posts for that day anyway. So what day does it make sense? And what is that little nugget that's really interesting that people will get used to seeing in their feed? And what is it that you can do um, tweeting to either specific reporters or if you've got something that works for the for the meteorologists um, on the stations, uh, on the radio? You know, if you've got somebody who does a business report and is on every morning, is there something you can tweet that person once a week? Mm-hmm. They they, t- they now they're starting to look forward, but you're also top of mind. So when they have to give an example of a certain place or a certain uh, situation, they think of you, and that's a that's a fantastic thing to have. Once you get to that level, now your job is so much easier. You can move on to like more exciting and fun things. But it's worth taking the time to do it, and it's it's a slow build. It it's is a slow build. build. It's not going to be an overnight thing, but man, once it starts to hit. It is amazing the impact that it can have. Well, I'm thinking of our Rocky Ford client, the cantaloupe growers. And so, you know, they have this big visual event where they plant all the little baby cantaloupe and the seeds and the, you know, the, I don't even know, the planter goes around and it's interesting and fun and and the media will come down for that. Well, you have three months between the time stuff gets planted and then it's kind of growing day by day by day. Well, nobody's going to come down day by day by day to check the cantaloupe. But you know what? The guys will go out and they'll, they all have their cell phones in their back pockets. And I'm like, you send me every gorgeous sunrise. Right. You send me the little, you know, the bees on the flowers. You send me the, um, you know, the birds flying over the fields, you know, all of that stuff. And then I and will. Any weather event, right? Any we weather event. Of any weather event. Yeah. Whether it's a drought, whether it's a frost and yeah. we can have anything here, uh, whether it's an extreme wind event, whether yeah. it's raining like crazy, all of those things are so important because we can utilize all of those. And the reality is that it's something different for those meteorologists. It's right. something different for the news station. And you're helping to provide them content. And with the number of layoffs that have been going on out there, mm-hmm. it's so important. If, if you can give them good content, they appreciate it, especially if... It's not selling anything. It's it's adding to the news of the day. And that's right. what you're thinking about when you're doing that. We And we have tremendous success doing that. Yep. So we have talked about the, um, the event coverage planner, the home run media outlet, right. your smart goals, your target audiences, um, your irresistible pitches. We've right. talked about, um, you know, what the really? coverage goal is. Right. 
your news of the day, how you're mm-hmm. going to look and see, or news of the week or month that you can that you can really craft that pitch off of. If you don't have that, how do you do a very visual event? Why do you do that? And how do you partner with other organizations that have goodwill with the media, which is super important and helps to fill your trust bucket? Um, how do you use your partners or, or your audience, people who work with you in your organization and and leverage their audiences as far as a pitch and then consistent outreach to the media, whether it's specific types of reporters for those targeted stories or meteorologists so that you become top of mind. And people, you know, I want you to know that the people in the newsrooms, especially in television newsrooms, they watch the shows. So if they hear that meteorologist saying the name of your location over and over again, or they hear the the business reporter talking about whatever your business is, they'll remember that you're now top of mind and that's huge. And when they have a story that comes up, they're calling you. You're now, you're not having to pitch somewhere. Now you're having to manage the number of calls that are coming in. Right. And and 90% of the time, that's a really good thing. Right. So we're going to move on to a couple of um, re- couple more real life examples. Because I tell you what, when I um, am learning something new, it really helps to get some like, oh, that's how you did it. But first, next week, yeah, um, we are ta- tackling a new topic to help you build your brand, build your business, and we okay. So this one's a real challenge, and you know we could go on and on and on about this. So how do you get the media attention? Uh, during the political season right. and things are heating up and they will do nothing but, but you know, come to the boil between now and November 3rd. And I'm so, just going to say I'm old enough that I have been through many, many, many political <laughs> seasons and had to pitch. During, yeah. and, and, you know, I will say every season, it's, it's just like, it's the thing they say, this is the most important election of your lifetime. Okay. It may be. Um, but I don't know how you can continue to have the most important election of your lifetime. The fact is they're all important and we should all vote and we should all know our, what we're voting for and all of that. Uh, but there's so much clutter out there during this season. If you have something that you're pitching, you're going to have to be extremely careful about what day mm-hmm. you have to be extremely flexible about you get to that day and something happens. You're like, Nope. I mean, I have literally pushed off dropping releases for 10 business days mm-hmm. and had to explain that to the clients. Today is not the day we are waiting for the day when we don't have some bombshell drop and yeah. you get closer to November, it's going to be harder and harder to do it. So think about well, and dangerous day. territory, very I mean, dangerous territory, right? So you really want to think about what you're trying to do um, and how you're going to position it. This year, because we don't believe we're going to know who the president is um, on that Tuesday night, it's going to happen sometime because of mail-in ballots, they think, in the next week to two weeks. So how do you figure out what you're going to do then? And we actually have a client who is going to be, uh, we're going to be pushing a story that has nothing to do with any of that during that time. So that's what we're going to talk about next week, although I'm not going to be here because it'd be my turn to go on vacation, but Jordan and Sarah are going to take you through it and it'll be, it's going to be a fascinating discussion. Yeah. So on to some real life examples. And the first thing I want to cover here is that for each of these real life examples, as we were working through this with clients, we started with, um, you know, the coverage goals and the unique irresistible angles and all that. But we also started by thinking um, through crisis planning. Right. What could go wrong here? Um, what could damage the brand? So, for instance, um, this casino client uh, was shut down because of COVID for 92 days. And so there was a big, you know, reopen day and we had no idea what was going to happen. All the casinos in this town, there were 12, 13 um, in this very, very small town, very, very tight, you know, geographic area. This is it wasn't spread out like Vegas And so we thought, oh boy, you know, we could have lines. We could have crowds of people. It could be a really hot day. It could, you know, people could be fainting from, from, you know, lack of water. Are there water bottles? 
are there restrooms? Yeah, what are they? Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you're waiting in line for four hours to get in, you're going to need the restroom. How are we going to handle that? And so all of that, um, we've helped the client think through from a, a brand protection standpoint, because hospitality, right, doesn't start when you walk in the door. Hospitality starts as you're waiting to get in the door. Um, and so we, we, we thought through all of that crisis planning and worked through how is this going to be handled, um, you know, before the event even occurred um, to make sure that we had some answers for all of that. The other but, thing I think is important is as we developed our answers, um, we let the media in on them. So by continuously and consistently talking to the media and not necessarily asking for a story, but saying, this is the, these are the things that we're talking about. So when you're ready, you know, that's great. Really helps keep them in the loop. And as we said, it was almost what three, almost three months mm -hmm. that we were down. We were constantly thinking of ways to do things on social media, but also to keep our outreach to the traditional media um, and keep them in the loop on what was going on so that when it came time to reopen, we're going to be the first people that they call because of the transparency, because we thought about them, because they know we're going to have something visual, because they know that we're, um, we're concerned. It shows how concerned we are for the, um, the guests that are coming to this location. So think about that. Do not go dark for a period of time. If something like COVID happens and you're down, you got to think about ways to, to engage the media as well as keep your clients and your customers engaged with your brand during that time. And also, as Sarah said, always think forward to what, when you reopen, what are all the things that could go wrong and then have plans for those things. And if you do, you'll sleep well at night. It sounds like a lot of work, but the fact of the matter is, is, spend an hour a day on it, maybe even less than that. Or you did, you know, a couple hours a week where you were focused on what could go wrong and how can we fix it now? What can we do to fix it now? It's going to give you such peace of mind because you will have thought through whatever the negative situation is. And I promise you, if you think through it, even if it's a little bit different than what you thought was going to happen, you're already going to be so much faster on your feet than anyone else that's out there. Well, that's absolutely true. And, you know, one of the things that, that you're hearing, but I want to be really explicit about is that we have built relationships right. with, um, you know, lots of members of the media. We know what they like to cover. We know what they don't like to cover. We know um, how they're going to respond to something. We know, um, you know, whoa, don't pitch them on this, you know, make sure you, but, you know, absolutely tell them about that first. Um, because we know, I mean, they have their own personal brand. They have their own, um, you know, things that they like to cover. So for instance, um, there is a reporter in town who is writing a, a, a biweekly or bimonthly column called What's Working. So, you know, lots of people are out of work and she is trying to meet those needs by, um, you know, connecting people with, you know, unemployment tips and tricks and, um, you know, various things. And so she answered a question in one of her columns from a guy who said, I'm a chef. I've been laid off. I don't want to go on unemployment. I want to work, but I feel like, um, you know, every time I go to a, an interview, they think I might be too old. And, you know, what should I do about this? I'm not a litigious person, but I really, I need a job. Well, I read that article and I reached out to her not to get coverage, but I just said, you know, could you please let so-and-so know that we have a hiring fair for specifically for food and beverage workers um, for this client on this date and this date, and just let him know because it's killing me that he's looking for work right. and this client is looking for food and beverage people. And I just want to make that connection. Well, guess what? You know, she was like, absolutely, you bet. I'm going to reach out to him personally. And by the way, can I get some more information on that hiring fair? I'm like, hey, you better believe. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily the focus of her column, but by reaching out authentically to solve a problem for someone else. And because that was super, super targeted only to her, this was not a, a press release that we dropped. 
This was a super targeted outreach just to this reporter, just for her brand, just for the thing that she was specifically working on that week. I think that's true. Last night, um, so we have a list of people that we follow. And last night there was an entertainment reporter who actually had not, I think she's fairly new. Um, at least she was fairly new to me. Let's me put it that way. But anyway, she put she put in that um, she'd been, she hadn't gotten up from her desk. She had been working on deadline. Um, and she only had like 4,000 steps on her, you know, Apple, I, on her, on her watch. Well, I recently heard that the brain, when you're using your brain, you burn about 130 calories in a given day. And this is actual research. So I remembered that. And I, so I quickly Googled it. Um, and I tweeted her and said, here's the good news. <laughs> Research says that just by thinking you're burning 130 calories, but for the journalists I know with how hard they think when they're on deadline, you got to at least double that. I mean, it was just something fun and light and, yeah. and, it, and, she, and I immediately got a response. Um, did I do it just for the response? No, I did it cause it's fun, but is she going to remember me? Absolutely. Yep. Um, and that's the key is that Sarah has done stuff on gardening with um, Colorado Public Radio. I mean, if there's things, oh, yeah. right? We're, you, know? We're you know what we're actually, what's getting uh, lots of engagement right now is I'm a working mom. I've got two kids at the dining room table, online school. And so the, you know, just kind of going on and just keeping up with the other um, moms in the media who are just trying to work like I am. Um, you know, is incredible. I mean, that just having empathy for what people are doing right. and, and, you know, we, it's kind of like getting onto Twitter to play, right. but it's, you know, to play strategically, like we're really um, authentically engaging, but we're authentically engaging with people who are important, who, um, you know, when we're building those relationships. I also think it's really important to understand and have have watched or read the reporter. So there are reporters and their whole shtick is being quirky and having yeah. fun. So if they're coming to your event, then you need to be in that mindset. There are other reporters who are former hard news network reporters. If they're coming to your event, that's a whole different way of mindset for you as far as what they're going to be looking for. So understanding who they are if they're outdoor reporters i mean there are reporters who love to do outdoor event things yeah and i'm going to pitch the outdoor type reporter so we have this conversation whenever we're pitching it's not a blanket pitch we no. choose the people who we think we have the best shot because our story matches what they do and that's really really important as well I think a good example of this is um, we helped Urban Putt open a year ago, almost exactly a year ago this week. Happy right. anniversary, Urban Putt. It's an, it's an indoor, amazing putt-putt. Um, Interactive, putt. playable art putt-putt. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy town, but it's awesome. Right. So we, there's a reporter in town who's like, you know, quirky, you know, goofy voices, and he drinks martinis on the air and, you know. Awesome. Brought him in, handed him a martini and a putter and a couple of, you know, golf balls. And he went to town with his, you know, just great, big, fun, you know, goofy personality. Yes. Yeah. Totally shtick. Total shtick. We have a uh, new online uh, print outlet in town that is hard news, not hard news, but they are big J. Right. Um, and so I, you know, pitched him because this is a historic building in Lodo, a historic area. And when Urban Putt came in, yeah, it's crazy and wild and fun, but they were also very historically sensitive to this building. And they hired a an architect who's known for their historical uh, preservation work. And so it was a completely different pitch. Hey, would you like to come in and see the guts and the bones of this really integral piece of Denver history. And he was like, yeah, you bet. And it was, I don't know, it was like a 15,000 word yeah. uh, print piece by the time we were done. Same client, but same, two, event. same event, two completely different approaches because, you know, we, we targeted those, the brands of those particular reporters. And that's really how you make your pitches irresistible is it's about them. Yes, you have your event, but what are they looking for? What do those journalists need? 
And then from there, once you have them in the door and you're doing the story, that's when you figure out how you're going to move your messages to them. And that's how you move the stairs with irresistible pitches. So thank you so much. Um, we, we learned today, Sarah, about defining your event coverage yep. and your goal using media relations. Go to the website. Absolutely. Um, how to develop an irresistible pitch that will really grab the attention of the media. Remember, it's two. It's the media that matters to whoever's writing the check or whoever is in charge. And then think about your objectives. And if that's not the same media that you think, make sure you have those other media too, because you're going to be graded, of course, on those objectives. Um, so you, but make sure always, if there is a member of the media that your client, your boss um, really cares about, you need to figure out how to get them in the door. That's really, really important. And then we gave you some real life examples of how you can really move the stairs and, and get these pitches out there and think about those different, what we call buckets, different ways, different things that you can do for different reporters that match the reporter's brand. So thanks so much for joining us, Sarah. That was a great one. I enjoyed doing this with you. Oh, sorry, I left you in the middle there. I it's left okay. you you know how I am. I could talk I, I was like, oh, she'll figure it out. And I had to go do a whole tech, you know, walk through it. It was a, it was a move the stairs moment. Exactly. That's what we do. So we can't wait to see you next week. Um, and next week, we're going to talk about getting coverage during a political, as you get closer and closer to a political, major political event and how to cut through that noise so that you actually get the coverage at that time.